Welcome to Learned Lag, a podcast about yesterday's Learned League questions and answers. I'm Amanda. And I'm George. I'm in Zephyr A, and Amanda's in Zephyr B. This is season 27 for me, and season 23 for Amanda. This is day 23, the anti-penultimate day of season 95. Our first question asks us, uh, what 1988 movie started with a meeting in Beirut of a variety of hostile world leaders? Now, I think we both know there is only one man with the steely resolve, the raw <laughs> physical power, and yes, I will say it, the pure sexual charisma <laughs> to go into that room and come out of it alive. Look, they're already listening to the podcast. You need to talk yourself up that much. <laughs> that man is Leslie Nielsen yeah, playing Detective Sergeant Frank Drebin, Lieutenant Police Squad right? from the movie The Naked Gun. That is what I said. That's a the lot for gun. just the answer box. Yeah. I, you know, I just put the naked gun. <laughs> um, uh, but that's not important right now. Um, yeah, I, I, it took me a, a few seconds to, like, I was like, I know I know this movie and I have to nail the title down correctly because mm-hmm. Police Squad is what I think of right. first. Yes. The TV show that, mm-hmm. that predated the movies. Um, but, you know, clearly this is uh, the movie version thereof. And so I... Um, I had a slight qualm wondering if this was the Naked Gun two and a half mm-hmm. or uh, one of the sequels, but I didn't think that, that I felt that would be a little bit too mean of a question, A, to <laughs> put on here. Reasonable. Um, and B, 1988 sounded like it was early enough that it was probably the original movie. Yeah. Um, and I thought I remembered that this is how uh, the original, the Naked Gun starts. So that's what I put down. Yeah, I honestly didn't remember that that was how it started. When I I, I kind of went through no, the same thing either. of like, Mm-mm. wait, is this is this is I, I kind of remember this being a naked gun, or was it Hot Shots? Was it the first naked gun? Was it the second one? Mm. Eh, Nineteen eighty eight. Pretty sure that's uh, that was the first one. Also, high school. Yeah, that's when it. That's when that one came out. I think the latter ones came out while I was in college. Uh, so, yeah, I just. And and also, yeah, it would be kind of mean to to make it like the one of the latter ones with no tip of the cap to it being a sequel or right. the like, you know, a fractional title. Yes. So yeah, yeah. I uh, I presume that they are not looking for the full name. <laughs> Better um, not be. Because yeah, that's that's another one where everybody knows that movie as the Naked Gun. Yeah, I and I feel like they would have. Uh, had to specify Mm -hmm. you know the full title or the nine word title you know what nine word titled movie yeah yeah, or which in you know specify which in a series i don't know Mm -hmm. something that that indicated that you had to get more differentiated than that yep the naked gun was correct indeed question two asks us about a musical story uh, starring some egyptians yeah, and that's about as much of the question as I use to determine my answer to this one, um, because the only uh, musical story, and I feel like it's trying to avoid saying opera. Oh yeah, me um, too. Because that's, I, as far as I know, the musical theater play, whatever you want to call it, that is set in Egypt in this fashion is Aida, um, which I have never seen. Uh, I kind of just know it by reputation. Um, you know, I think uh, possibly my parents went and saw it at some point. Um, they had, you know, 
tickets to the equivalent of, you know, Broadway in Detroit, but in Kalamazoo um, when I was growing up. And so again, you know, I sort of know, knew of this one much more than I actually know it. Um, but, you know, that seemed to be sufficient for the day. So I put down Aida. Ditto, ditto, ditto. That's mm-hmm. the, yeah, yeah, it's just, it, it's the Egyptian opera. Mm-hmm. It's the one I know. Sure. And yeah, one, once I saw a musical story, I was like, oh, okay, this is going to be an opera probably. Mm. And then saw the Egyptian army. Yeah, okay, that that makes sense. And yeah, the enslaved Ethiopian princess. Mm-hmm. Presumably this is the character Aida. Sure, we'll go with that. Yes, and that was the correct answer. And I realized that I just immediately sort of melded the fact that this is asking for the character but it is also the title of the opera, so um, it kind of doesn't matter even if you misread it a little bit. Yeah. In that sense. Yeah, that, that that's another one where Thorsten wants you to get it. Like oh, a, yeah. A, a, a valid, if perhaps overly trivial, question would be, you know, who's the male lead in Aida or, you mm. know, in this musical story from 1871 set in Egypt. Oh, yeah, but oh, yeah. my God. Yeah, never get that. who the hell knows Rodamus? Nope. Yeah. Indeed. So that was the correct answer. Uh, Moving on to question three, we are asked for the name of the Earth's uh, outermost sort of rigid uh, layer. And it's noted that it's, you know, between the atmosphere and the asthenosphere. And is derived in part from the Greek word for stone, which is lithos or Mm -hmm. something like it. And this is the lithosphere. Uh-huh. And I, I kind of had that before I saw the Greek for stone, and that just nerfed it out for me. And uh-huh. I thought, yeah, okay. Because, you know, it's between the atmosphere and the asthenosphere. It's got to be some kind of sphere. It's definitely the lithosphere. Is that is that what I've heard referred to as the crust? Yes. Mm-hmm. Did, I, did I know that it was also the rigid upper part of the mantle? No, I feel like I just always kind of thought the lithosphere was just, just the crust part. But uh-huh. uh, nonetheless, that's what I thought. Yeah, I had essentially the same thought process there. Um, the the lithos really helped, um, but I might have gotten it anyway. I'm not sure. Um, so yeah, that I don't have really much to add to your explanation there. I also put down lithosphere, mm-hmm. and that was the correct answer. Mm-hmm. Question four asks us who the Random House Beginner Books series is most associated with. And it gives us some other names that it's also associated with. Right. Um, And in particular, P.D. Eastman and Bennett Cerf, it's great to have those ones uh, eliminated from contention because uh, we had many of these books growing up. So this is very much a fastball down the middle for uh, someone of my age and family tendencies, which is to just have lots of books around. Um, and I remember these quite well because labels like these on books are always kind of like baffling to a child who's like, why are you calling it this? Why does this matter? And that label is there for the parent, of course, to Mm -hmm. determine like, oh, what age of child am I, Mm -hmm. you know, is this aimed at, um, if I'm offering them a book or buying a book or what have you, um, so it's one of those things that stuck with me over time that these are books that are all using a lot of simple words, 
They are colorful with kind of like line drawings that, you know, are appealing to kids, cartoony. Um, and so all of those things, plus just straight up knowing this answer, uh, would have guided me to Dr. Seuss. Um, that there were just lots and lots of his titles that were in the beginner books series. Um, and so I've, we have them in the house. We, mm -hmm. you know, they they continue to be uh, great fun for, for younger kids to get interested in reading. Um, so I put down Zeus. Yep. Ditto all that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> go dog. Go was a particular favorite. Yes. Um, and, which it, is not a Dr. Seuss, of course. Right. And yeah, and and, as I was, and every time I pick it up for, you know, the various generations of kids that we have around, uh, you know, I have to kind of remind myself, oh, no, wait, this is the Eastman book. Right. Not the Seuss. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, yeah, I, I said Dr. Seuss. I didn't, I, I feel like I might not have gotten this without the Eastman reference, just because mm. it. I, Dr. Seuss books are their own thing, and I don't mm -hmm. associate them with you know, either Random House or a beginner book series of any kind. And they're not like, you know, there are, there are no other contributions to the Dr. Seuss canon. Mm. They're just Dr. Seuss books. But right. with with that, I was able to piece together that this is Dr. Seuss. Sure. Uh, and that was the correct answer. Or Theodore Geisel, if you prefer. Mm -hmm. Um, I will note the Bennett Surf ones are a little bit underrated because they have a different, a slightly different um, stylized type of illustration, mm -hmm. which is very um, just snazzy. It has a really cute, uh, clean look to it. It's a little more sharp and studied than Dr. Seuss's, which tend to be very shaggy and, mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, cartoony in that sense. Um but yeah, P.D. Eastman also had Are You My Mother, I think was one of them, uh, which is a very fun one, mm -hmm. and probably some others that I can't remember. But anyway, uh, yes, read lots of those. Good stuff. Question five uh, gives us the names of a few works by a late 19th and early 20th century woman sculptor who only uh, kind of gained acclaim and fame for her works in the later 20th century. Uh yeah, I, this is a female artist, so I don't know it. Um, so <laughs> maybe I can come in from the other direction. It says, she gained acclaim later in the 20th century, <clears throat> especially via numerous biographies and films about her life produced beginning in the 1980s. <clears throat> so let me think about films from the 80s about female artists. Absolutely nothing is coming to mind. And nothing came to mind for several hours. And I thought about this one on and off. I had jury duty today. So I, I submitted very late comparatively. Uh, and just kind of thought about it every now and then. Like, who's a French sculptor that it might there might have been movies about in the 80s? Nothing, nothing's coming. And nothing continued to come. And I could not think of anything. And finally, I just figured... Uh, well, what's a movie about a woman with mental health struggles from the 80s or starting in the 80s? Mm. And the only thing I could think of, and I know this isn't even correct, was a movie called Boxing Helena. Oh, yeah. I've heard of that one. Uh, and I thought, well, I feel like that wasn't like a pulled from history kind of movie. I don't think I ever saw it. I think I just heard about it. Uh, but it was 
as I recall, fairly demented in premise uh, and execution. And so I thought, well, maybe that was a like allegorically about her or inspired by her work. And I am really just trying to plug in any justification I can for just slapping any old name in this slot and assigning <laughs> it three points. Uh, so I will say Helena. Yeah, this one I I didn't really have a good thought process. I, I tried to go in both of those directions that you talked about, tried to think it through just from my own, you know, going to art museums from time to time and try to think through what I know about Rodin and there's just nothing was coming to mind. Um, and uh, the only thing I can say is that I thought a last name that starts with C sort of sounded familiar somehow. Um, but that was as far as my brain was willing to go with it. Um, and it was at least, I, I, I at least had the awareness that I wasn't going to come up with this one. Like this mm. wasn't something that was really there in my brain. So I didn't put a huge amount of, uh, additional effort into it. I ended up putting down the last name Carnot because that sounded vaguely familiar to me. Okay. Um, as it turns out, Carnot was a French physicist, uh, an engineer. And so at least I oh, yeah, heard of him. Cycle. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Heard of him from something. Um, but that was, you know, the starting with a cuss sound is about all I could get out of this, mm -hmm. um, out of the depths of my brain. So that was just my sheer guess. It was Camille Claudel. Yeah. At least, Hey, I got one letter of it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Ray. yeah um, I, uh, even, even after seeing the answer, I don't recognize this name at all or know, any of the biographies or films about her life so yeah i i was a little bit perplexed by that i would be surprised if i've seen one or two of her statues in museums that i've been to sure. um i wouldn't I, the dia might even have something um that's don't quote me i'm just speculating because it 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 vaguely rings that bell in the back of my mind mm -hmm. um but yeah that this, I'm like numerous biographies and films. I've not, I could not pick out of a lineup which ones those might be. Yeah. Yep. So. Yeah. And now I'll never find out because it's been I mean, asked already and I don't care anymore. <laughs> I feel like there's going to be a lot of three points assigned to that one. And it Likely is going so. to score very few people those points. However, my private Rundle opponent is a woman with a high art score. Mm. So I'm, I, I, I put it lower for that person. Really? Question six asks us for uh, any of the three women to be permanent ambassador to the United Nations from the U.S., not counting Susan Rice or Linda Thomas-Greenfield. So this was the one of the day that I knew that I knew but didn't seize upon immediately. Uh, it's the one that I let percolate until uh, at mid-morning or so I realized, oh no, I've got some plans that I, that I want to do pretty soon, so I'd better fill out my Learned League answers. And it kind of popped right into my head because uh, I was thinking of, you know, this is either, uh, if we're talking about between 2009 and roughly now, you know, like since 2021, the Biden administration, uh, I'm presuming there's just the one person who's been in this role, the, the ambassador to the United Nations in this current presidential administration. Um, 
So we're talking about either someone in the Obama administration or in the Trump administration. Um, and so I just kind of put that completely in the background. I didn't think of it until I looked at the questions again. And when I did, I went, oh, Nikki Haley, she was the Trump administration one, as I recall, um, or, or one of the ones I, you know, honestly, I don't recognize the other two names here, uh, very much at all. Um, because ambassador to the UN is a weirdly low profile role in a lot of ways. It's, you know, like the, it, clearly this is kind of our, one of our main diplomats to the UN, but I, somehow it doesn't tend to make headlines. It's not like secretary of state. It's not like a position that has kind of its own cachet of power so much. It, it, you get the sense it's more like a messenger role. Um, at least that's my perception of it, I guess. Um, and so the only one of these three names that I would have ever gotten is Nikki Haley because she, like many Trump administration officials, kind of stood out just for having been selected by him. And, um, you know, she's had some notoriety, I think, largely for expressing some disagreement with him, as I recall. Um, I don't think it was very strong disagreement. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Uh, the name Nikki Haley came to mind and that really clicked. And I went, yep, I think that's the name that I was, you know, trying to, to pull out of the ether when I first read the questions. So I put Haley down with pretty confidently. Uh, yeah, I pretty much the same, except without all the, the not remembering it part. As soon yeah. as I read it, I thought, oh, Nikki Haley was this, right? Mm. I thought, let me see. She succeeded uh, John Bolton. But I think then now that I think about it, I don't think Bolton was ever con was ever confirmed. Oh, okay. uh, I think he was one of those ones that uh, Trump tried to push through in the Senate was just like, come on, dude. <laughs> I mean, there's limits. Um, and then so, yeah, Nikki Haley had it for a while. Um, I don't I don't know whether she lasted through the entire administration and was replaced by this other person or what. But yeah, yeah, yeah I confidently said that as well and that was one of the correct answers yeah. along with samantha power and kelly craft kelly craft i don't know that i've ever heard of I, I feel like i must have just because it's a relatively high profile role but uh samantha power i have heard of uh she's one of those people who's just kind of on the fringes of uh of notoriety Okay. Like she's she's a she's a person whose name I recognize, but I I don't mm -hmm. know what I wouldn't recognize her on the street. Sure. And you know, pretty much every time she comes up, I have to think like, wait, who is she? Okay. Oh, right, right, her. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, she's done mm -hmm. stuff. Sure. Uh, she was high up in the State Department. Um, and, okay. You know, and of course, it's a very sticky name. Yeah, so. it does sound like a name that someone made up when pressed. Yeah. To say, quick, who's the U.S. ambassador to the UN? Yeah. It's Samantha uh, Power? Yeah. That's what we're doing? Um, yeah, I, I would say the same about that. Um, that I, like, if I recognize her name at all, it's in on that level mm -hmm. of um, just kind of like, oh, yeah, I guess. Um, <laughs> uh, and was, which administration was she? Obama, probably? Or? I believe so, yes. Okay. 
um, which again is kind of why you don't hear much about her. Yeah. If I've heard of Kelly Craft, it was probably because I, I, Nikki Haley, I think, stepped down from that role at some point during the Trump administration. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and she was probably slotted in there, I guess. Um, but yeah, so I mean, that left us both with five out of six and yeah. the same five, yep. almost near this, nearly the same way. So why are two of us even talking? <laughs> it's just we just did have one of us record this podcast it'd be equally helpful um but you know glad to have a decent uh day of it uh on the 23rd day when i'm when i am inexplicably trying to stay in the green um (laughs) or trying to get in the green i think i'm a, a step below it uh right now so here's hoping that uh some of these were a little tougher for other people um and Less so for us. Yeah. So that's it for today. Tune in tomorrow for more post-game analysis. And remember... Don't forfeit. Don't cheat. <laughs>